Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him on a life-transforming journey. And now, here's Pastor Lorian to introduce today's sermon. Good morning on this blessed Lord's Day. Today we're searching deeper in the grace of God that has imparted to each one of us spiritual, powerful talents, gifts from the Holy Spirit that will bring God's glory and abundant life to us. We're in Matthew 25, verse 15 and on, which says, The master to the one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. He who received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. You know, God loves you so much that he has chosen you, called you, and also empowered you with peculiar gifts. Let's study their impact. I speak what my father tells me to speak. I do what my father has given me to do. And he says, I send you as my father sent me. And that kept on going and going. And it arrived into your life when you were saved. What do you do? Do what Jesus did. And as, as he quoted Matthew 28, make disciples. Now, as the Lord did that and entrusted us with that, he ensured the power. We come back to the word dunamis, that word power, each according to his ability, and the talent is a weight, a balance, a power in a, in a sense. And the Lord says, I send you into all the world, all the power has been given to me, so I send you and I will be with you. In the same way, from that power, he gives us the tools, the gifts, and the talents to be used for His glory. Open with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Ephesians 4, 7, where Paul talks about the gifts that we have received for the, from the Holy Spirit to be a blessing and to equip the church. To equip the church. The call of the elder and the pastors together, one and the same, is not necessarily to do the work for the church, but to equip the saints to do the work of God. Many churches sit back and say, well, the pastor should go and, and, and witness. Yes, he does. Well, the pastor should go and, and make the church grow. No. Put it this way. And this is not to step away from the responsibility we have a church together to grow spiritually and numerically. But asking the leadership to make a church grow would be like going to a shepherd surrounded by sheep saying, Okay, I want more sheep. What are you going to do about it? Can you birth some sheep? No, I can't birth some sheep. The shepherd cannot birth sheep. Sheep birth sheep. What the shepherd can do is make sure the sheep are healthy, that they're being fed, that they have enough water, that he tends them, he cares for them, he protects them. And a sheep that is healthy will do what? We'll have other little baby ewes, lambs. Just as a family, young family, want children, they got to be healthy. Mentally, physically, and if they love each other, they're going to have children. Same thing. So we are called to equip, not just the elders, because this one goes, this is passed down. We are to equip one another. 
and use our talents. And here's what the Holy Spirit says. Ephesians 4, 7, but grace was given to each one of us. There it is. Each according to his ability. Grace. What's this, what's this power? It's God's grace. But grace was given to each one of us as the talent was given according to the ability. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So it's not the Lord going around with one big bag of Santa's toys and he just grabs and gives and here comes little Johnny, last kid in the whole class and, 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 and Santa is nothing else. He looks down, what else is there? And he picks the, 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 the last of the litter of toys that he has and gives the kid something cheap and, and no value. Kid walks away crying. God doesn't do that. You see, you cannot judge God and shirk back from the responsibility of your gift, saying, my gift has no value. In God's eyes, you have value, and the gift He gave you was not a leftover. Was not, oh, I forgot a gift, I better go into the airport gift shop and get something for my kids. From the No, it was carefully created specifically for you, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when He ascended on high, when Jesus went back to the Father after His resurrection... He led a host of captives. So he took with him, what this means is all those that died in the justification of faith as Abraham died. So we are saved by looking back at the cross. And we have faith in Christ and we're saved by having that faith in him. Abraham and everyone that followed Abraham and people before Abraham, including Adam and Eve, they looked forward to the cross. Though they couldn't name it a cross, they, put, they look forward to the promise. So that faith that God will provide this lamb, this sacrifice to wipe away sins, that saved them. Scripture, though, says that they had been waiting. They were not in paradise just yet until Jesus was resurrected. That's why he told the thief on the cross, you actually will be the first of all those that came before you who will be with me in heaven. And he led the captives free. And as he took them to paradise, he gave gifts to men, to the church. What are these gifts? Same chapter, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Why? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The word here, to equip, means complete furnishing. Meaning, when you walk into a living room, it's all there. You don't say, oops, we're missing some sofas here. No, everything is just where it should be for everyone involved to complete the furnishing, right? For the equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Why? To build up the body of Christ. In other words, the temperature of the church's health, this Building up the body of Christ is the responsibility of every single one here in using your gift. So if we are anemic, if we are losing weight, if we're having some tumors, it's not necessarily one person or one system. It's the church that has not been building up the body, beginning with the elders. The leadership that, is, that we're using these gifts for the glory of God and the health of the church, but everyone is involved likewise. These gifts that the Lord has given us, 
And even though he is talking about the, I would say, the serving section of these gifts, when he talks about apostles, which ended with Apostle John, with prophets, which ended with the completion of the scriptures. But then we have evangelists, which are ongoing today, shepherds ongoing today, teachers ongoing today. And there's more gifts, which we're going to get into for each one of us. Okay. These gifts are enough. They're complete. They're sufficient. Some may ask the question, what else can we do to grow as a church? Right? We want to fill these seats, not so that we feel good about it, but that we know we're giving birth to people spiritually. People are being saved. Which, by the way, in the last three weeks, Joanna came to know the Lord. We have a baptism coming soon. She's in love with the Lord, rejoicing that she received new life. And that is a fruit of Colleen. She's been working, serving, loving, bringing her. Uh, she was the one that's, that, that, like the Bible says, we'll read later. She planted the seed. She's been watering it. I was there to just reap it. But the Lord is the one that gives the increase. Not, none of us. So if we want to grow as a church, it's not what one man can do. Oh, great preaching. Or, oh, man, if we had better preaching. Or, 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 or we, we, we need to have a worship team. Because if we had a worship team, man, the church would just blow up. No, that's the wrong kind of thinking. We want to grow. It's right here. All these gifts. If we're equipped and we use what we've been given, we will build up the body of Christ. These gifts that you have, they're given that you would strengthen the faith of the church. With these gifts, we, are, we can learn all that we need to know in our human mind about Jesus from scriptures. Using these gifts, we will grow in maturity. Which is what, the, what Jesus wants from the church. Yeah, we get excited about people being saved and all of heaven rejoices. But you know what? Jesus is excited when the church grows to maturity. As he writes in the book of Revelation, first three chapters, you church, you've done this, but not that. And get back to your first works. Get back to your first love. We as a church have the responsibility to grow maturity. Because if you're not mature, guess what? No babies. Because you can't have babies having babies. And that's going to fall apart. That's why you see churches come and go. Because you got babies having babies and there's no maturity. We need maturity. With these gifts as we use them, we grow strong in Jesus. To face today and not fear tomorrow. With these gifts, we will avoid the childish and the spiritual anemia. We're not going to have too many white blood cells and not enough red or whatever it is. Because we will be healthy Everyone's using their gift. Are you? Are you using the gift God has given you? Oh, by the way, listening to a message and sitting in a pew is not a gift. Maybe the gift of patience, depending how long the sermon goes. But that's not what God had in mind. Speaking of which, we use these gifts to hold up in our maturity against heresies. Because the church and so many churches are growing, but they believe in heresy. And everybody wants to be healed. And everybody wants to see miracles. And they're running after all these fantastic things. But they don't know scripture. And they're not saved. We need these gifts. You have to use your gift. And these gifts help us to work harmoniously towards being one in Him in love. 
Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. For whom the whole body, all right, that's the body of Christ, joined. That is a big word. Join in vision, join in desire, join in love, join in understanding forgiveness, join in understanding sacrifice, join for hard work in the ministry. We're connected and held together by every joint, ready, with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, circle that, working properly. Are you working to your full potential in your gift? And before we can ask question, how come that's not working? How come that's not there? The question is, which part is your part? Are you fully using your gift? And are you jointed in maintaining that body together that has been given you, your part? When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You've got to use your gift. Do you know what your gift is? We're going there. Probably not today. We have been given, first of all, that there's different gifts. Because God is a, oh, what's the word? He's a gracious he loves to give. He's not sparing when he gives. And there's so many different types of gifts. And in this case, there's the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. The inward gifting of the Holy Spirit. We know this. Ephesians, Galatians 5.22. It is the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits. It's one fruit. So either you have it or you don't. And this fruit has different parts which oscillate. And as you grow in Christ, as you feed others and they feed you, as you're in the word, as you're connected in prayer, as you're on fire for God, this first of all, this gift within you, there are no outward gifts, potential or, or strength or usage of those outward gifts. If this inward gift, like a nuclear power plant, if it's not working, you're anemic. And the church is dragging you along. Oh, I got to go again. Oh, why do I got to do that? And maybe somebody else can do it. And then you're just a little baby in Christ, always crying for milk. If you have this gift and you're aware of it, fully potential, here it is, working its full potential, you will explode like a nuclear power in using the outward gifts. The fruit of the Spirit is what love when you're overwhelmed by His grace and forgiveness, love overtakes you and all of a sudden, you don't know why, but you love everyone, not in generic sense, but you love everyone by name, even your neighbor or your, your enemies, and you feel sorry that they are so full of hatred, love, joy, peace. Now you can rest because you know you're going to go to be with the Lord in glory when you die or He comes back. But now you get the strength. I got to do something about that here now. There's the peace. And you got the patience and the kindness and the goodness and the faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there's no law. Now listen. They're not all firing at full potential. Love, joy, peace, and long-suffering and patience are not always going to be 100% pumping away. Only Jesus had that. But none of them will be missing from your life. If any of these are missing from your life, you don't know Jesus. Wake up. 
It may be 10%. <laughs> I know you're here somewhere. I want you. I want to be kind-hearted, but they're there. If they're not, it's time to go back to the cross. Lord, now is the time. I may have been proclaiming and singing, but I don't know you. Change my heart. Give me a new heart. I want the Holy Spirit to live within me. I want this gift from love to self-control. Now, that's the Holy Spirit gift. As the Lord was lifted to the heavens, He gave men gifts. He gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And here it is. Love, joy, peace, and all that follows with it. But here is the outward gifting. This is specific to you, particular to who you are, your upbringing, your transformation, and your salvation. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. There's seven gifts right here. When we talk about the gifting God has given you, we're not talking about the supernatural gifting. We're not talking about the speaking in tongues. That was real, and it was a real language being translated at that time by somebody in the congregation, if it was from the Holy Spirit. But that ended with the completion of the Scriptures. Okay? The gifting of knowing, uh, having a word for the future of prophecy, that ended. Because they did not have the whole scripture together. And the Holy Spirit leading them through the scriptures to understand how to live. So God spoke to them before they had the scripture. They needed it. Once the scriptures had been completed, that ended. Look at 1 Corinthians 13. You'll see how speaking in tongues, prophecy, and the word of knowledge, they ended when that which is perfect has come. What's perfect? Jesus. And before Jesus, the word of God. They're both perfect. It came with the completion of revelation. We're done. Now we've got these gifts, which are real. Because I may have people say, oh... I got the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you may name what they may be, from prophecy to speaking in tongues, but they're serving no one. They're not humble. They're not loving. They're not making disciples, but boy, they drive big cars and and expensive suits. That's not the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here it is. You have one, two, or three of these gifts. One will be prominent, The other two will be in direct connection to them. And they will oscillate with your growth in the Lord and with the circumstances of your life and with your age. They're like a wheel, these gifts. Sometime in your life, you're going to have more of this and less of that. That's why we need each other. Here they are. Having the gifts that differ according to the grace given us. Look at that phrase. Each given to his ability, right, right? Grace given by God. We received uh, grace according to Christ's gift. And here again, that phrase again, grace given to us according to God. Here are the gifts. Let us use them. Prophecy. In proportion to our faith. That word prophecy and the meaning there is not foretelling the future. It's forth telling the truth. Prophecy is a person like John the Baptist. He saw the truth. He preached the truth. Didn't care if he lost his head. He just said the way it was. That's a prophet. A prophet will stand up in a church and say, brothers, we're going the wrong direction. You may cast me out of the church. I don't care, but I'm going to see what God says. That's a prophet. He stands like Elijah and like John the Baptist and preaches the truth no matter what. 
I'll get back into that later. There's prophecy, one that tells the truth no matter what. Service. And many of you in this church have the gift of service. More than anything else. And you're blessed by God. We're blessed by God to have you. The gift of one who teaches. Not just getting up and you were given a time to teach. When you teach, people get it. That's how you know you got the gift. Right? The one who exhorts. That means the one that encourages. Encouraging is not just... Have a great day. God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Move along. That's not encouraging. Encouraging is I'm going to walk with you until you get a break. I'm going to walk with you until you see the light at the end of the tunnel and you know it's Jesus watching for you. That's an encourager. An encourager leaves behind a mark and and a presence to the people he's encouraging where they can say, I'm not alone. I can move on. That's the encourager. We'll talk about that later. The one who contributes. Givers. Very hard to find this gift, but we're blessed in this church abundantly beyond what we can ask or think. The one who contributes, the one who gives, do it with generosity. Don't stop. The one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. We'll talk about these gifts. We'll start with them next week. There's many tests out there that you can take to find out which gifts you have. But you know what? You don't even need to do that. If you understand what the gifts are, the Holy Spirit is going to say, yeah, you got that. You've been doing this forever. By the way, how you know you got this gift? When you do it, others are blessed and you are empowered. You don't feel tired. The more you use your gift, the more strength you got. People say, I can't believe you're still doing this. You're like, oh man, I could do this forever. That's how you know you got that gift. It's one of the seven here. Take a look at these. Study them on your own Nick, uh, this week until we'll jump into them a little bit more starting with next week you guys watch America's Got Talent oh you know about it people go on the stage and they prove that they have what they think they have and many don't and you laugh at them if you were to translate that to the church's talent we don't have to perform to impress God we don't have to act out to attract attention God has already given you this gift. And the moment you tap into it, whether it's one, two, or five that God has given you, when you begin to live up because you love Him to live out that gift, God will bless your life. And I'm not talking financially or health-wise. I'm talking beginning with your heart. And the peace and the joy and the people being transformed and the people finding Jesus and the people growing up in the Lord because you were faithful and you exercised your little gift, whatever it may be, to God is never little. You don't have to perform. Be faithful. Now, this week, you got to be chomping at the bit to find out what your gift is. It's like it's packed right now. You got to unwrap it. What's my gift? I want to use, I want to use that gift. That truly is the gift that keeps on giving. Because as you love the Lord Jesus with all your heart, that love in connection with the gift he has already given you, put together, gives you such meaning for life and prepares such eternity of glory for you from God because you are faithful in the little things. How convicting, how searching is this text? 
as the Lord touches our hearts to really know who we are and how we show that we love Him. People may throw around the phrase, I love you, quite easily and frivolously, but Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The deeper we love the Lord Jesus, we will focus our lives in using our God-given talents to be a blessing, a living testimony to the gospel. Thank you for spending your precious time with us. For this week, trust the Lord, ride the wind. Thanks for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at trinityefcboise.org or by phone at 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at the same time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.